0: an easy Friday today, isn't it? Twelve minutes after eight. On the Forum of as promised, we're in conversation with award-winning musician and activist Steve Dyer. Thanks so much for coming through this morning. It's
1: a pleasure, Sakina. How are you doing?
0: I'm great, thanks. Mm. And, you know, just listening to that tune, you do the back announcing for us.
1: Oh, that's a song. It's a traditional Zimbabwean song that I did way back in my past life. <laughs> that's over 10 years ago and it's called Mananga it's a, a jolly song just about pumpkins that uh, about I, pumpkins? yeah what uh, about pumpkins? just pumpkin? about fit, f- big fat pumpkins um, it's a Shauna song uh, and and I instrumentalized the thing because I like the tune
0: mm. okay people write <laughs> songs about pumpkins they do. and nobody's written one about me <laughs> this is not fair <laughs> but Steve Dyer thanks so much it's an absolute honor and a pleasure to have you in studio with us this mm. morning. And, um, you know, for those of you who do know you, they hold you in very high regard um, and a mind blast. Sandile memela he sent us a tweet very early this morning when he heard you're going to be on and he says Steve Dyer is an unsung hero, a former exile and um, a revolutionary, a cultural visionary. We salute you. Steve Dyer has gone placidly to the example of hard-working artists who are focused on producing quality indigenous south african jazz
1: wow thank you sandila thank you so much Mm. and it's a it's a marathon not a sprint i think this um to be a creative person to think of how you're going to put your music into into the society that you come from that's the challenge and to make something of substance
0: now, it's interesting you say that because when you talk about putting the music into society, um, when I think of music, for example, which obviously shows the difference between you and I, why, which is why you can make beautiful music and I can only but, you know, listen to it and try and sing along. It sounds
1: three. like you've got a good voice. <laughs> <You> <laughs> Don't go there.
0: That's a sore point. Don't go there. Okay. Good voice for talking. Yeah, let's okay. leave it there. <laughs> but, um, you know it's, it's 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 one of those things whereby I don't think of music as sakina as something um that my conscience mm. you know or a consciousness mm. uh would necessarily be expressed through.
1: Mhm. So,
0: so so how does that happen?
1: Well there's a German composer Gustav Mahler who I read a quote of that was very interesting and he said If musicians could say what they wanted to in words, they wouldn't bother trying to do it in music. And so music is something otherworldly. It's something magical. It's something that cannot be explained. And that's what draws it to me, is that I can connect to you more immediately and, and say what I want to say through music, I believe, than through words, through appealing to your head. I think the way to the head is through the heart.
0: And for someone, you know, who was born in 1960, uh, you're a man, so I can say these things. <laughs> so so, so, so uh, there you were born in 1960 in Pietermaritzburg, Mgungundlov.
1: Gungundlov, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's where mm. you were born. And mm. did you come from a musical family at all? Where does the musicality come from?
1: Well, my father was an architect and so I come, I come from a creative family, first of all. <clears throat> Excuse me. I remember uh, when I was young going to look at designs of buildings, look at space, look at how, you know, a, a building could be designed and come to fruition. So that's my memory of, of the creative side of where I come from with my father. Uh, in addition, he listened to so much music uh, of the Western classical masters. Uh, people like Mahler was was one of his favorites. Bach, Beethoven, Brahms. Um, so there was music always in the house. He was an amateur singer in a choir. You know, he didn't go for it professionally. Um, and I was drawn to singing in choirs when I was young uh, at, at junior school. And and then I started learning the guitar because my elder brother and sister were playing and I wanted to be like them and, you know, the whole pop star thing, try and mm-hmm. play and be like your, your icons. And I think that helped me in terms of songwriting of the craft, because I used to listen to the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and uh, uh, Jim Crow and uh, Bob Dylan, mm. all those, and try and, and emulate what they were doing. Um, and at the same time, there there was also this uh, the Zulu culture that was all around as well. You know, in those days, you'd get the Maskanda musicians travelling from A to B, mm. and their their music and their, their song. They would sing as they travelled, and I remember that. That's that's gone now. But um, so I remember all these influences. I think that. Uh, they collide in some way within me. Um, and, and I think to be true to yourself as a composer, it has to enter the consciousness first. You cannot think, okay, now I'm going to compose a song in this genre. Now I'm going to compose a song in another genre. It has to come via osmosis and, um, yeah, intuitively.
0: Mm. What was your favorite, though, at the time?
1: Uh Aha. My favorite was trying to play and and singing. Um, I didn't think that this is my favorite artist. I thought that, wow, I would just love to play more and more music and Mm. and learn and learn more.
0: So you started out learning to play the guitar. Mm -hmm. Self-taught?
1: Self-taught largely. I did go for some lessons, um, but that never stopped me. Composing uh, trying trying new things on my own as well. So I did have some lessons. I cannot you know disregard those <laughs> those wonderful teachers that I had in those days uh, a woman called Lindy Roberts taught me quite a lot
0: But you also play some other instruments
1: I do uh, I went to Michael house mm-hmm. and <clears throat> When I got to stand at eight I wanted to oh, standard seven. I wanted to mu- do music for my trick. I'm sorry, I'm talking standards. <laughs> <That's laughs> I still think in standards, and <clears throat> I said I wanted to do music, and they said, "Well, you're the second boy in 70 years at the school that wants to do this." So I said, "Well, I don't mind. I I want to do it." And then I found a recorder teacher, Denise Allen, that lived in the area that was willing to teach me, and so I. I started learning recorder and took the the music subject for matric and I went on to do a degree at university. So it was quite by chance that I started on, on a wind instrument. That was the only thing available to me at that time, really, apart from the piano. Mm-hmm. And, you know, often piano, oh, God, these kids start at like 6, 7 for hours on end. and And so... I think I was also attracted to the, the thing of breath, the idea of breath. When you play a saxophone or a wind instrument, it's the breath of life, hopefully, that you transmitting in some shape or form.
0: And um, your brother and sister, as you said, they also uh, played the guitar. Uh, did they also go on to play professionally or, you know, make a career out of it? Did they take it seriously? That's a no. <laughs> That's a no. So, 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 you were the only one in the family who actually took this yeah, um, further. Correct. Yeah. I want to come back to that family life and mm-hmm. a young Steve Dyer growing up there in Engungundlovu. So uh, we'll do that when we come back. But of course, as always, the lines are open. If you want to have a, a, a chat, you want to say something to Steve, you're most welcome to do so. 0891 104208 is the number to dial. Tweet or Facebook us at AM Live on SAFM, or you can also send us an SMS to the number 34701. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. It's an easy Friday, and on The Forum at 8 this morning, we're in conversation with uh, Steve Dyer. And just before the break, you know, I said I wanted to go back to your childhood and, and, mm. and where you grew up and the sort of child you were. Uh, were you a good child? Were you a naughty child? <laughs> were you a clever child? What sort of child were you, honestly?
1: Honestly, I was a. I like sport um academically I I got by I you know I didn't make it a point to be first in the class or you know in the top five or anything. I was quite naughty I had my moments uh, pushing the boundaries and and I think I always questioned and and I, I'm very grateful for that. I think youth today or you know we're not taught to question enough what gets given us and so that, brings in a kind of herd mentality. Uh, But I don't think South Africa is is as bad as many places in the world in terms of questioning. So I've never really been somebody that's been very deferential to authority. I like to question and, and make up my own mind about things often.
0: Now, on that particular note of questioning, what were the sort of things that you were questioning about the political situation, say, in South Africa in the 70s?
1: My mother was fundamental in, in shaping me as a human being. And so from an early age, I was aware of the injustices of apartheid, and she would continually reinforce uh, that that sense of the injustice, the fact that we were living in a an abnormal society, there were so many things wrong. Uh, you know, in terms of, of my schooling, it was an English and Afrikaans dual medium school. And there was that tension between the English and the Afrikaans. And I remember at some point uh, I got an Afrikaans girlfriend and my mother said, oh, great, if she's going to teach you Afrikaans, that's fine, you know, um, because we live in this multicultural society, we need to learn to understand each other. So that was the, <clears throat> that was the challenge at, in school days, the, the fights in the playground mm. between these two groups of people. And, um, you know, I, I remember at some point there was uh, a sticker going around. You know, there were these uh, benches and it would say whites only or, you know, non-whites. It's it's terrible to think. I mean, it's hard even to say these things. Um, But there was a sticker going around saying this is petty apartheid. Um, And people were sticking them onto these benches. And my mother said to me, there's nothing like petty apartheid. It's just apartheid, and so I think I had a bigger idea of of what was right and wrong, and so my deciding never to go into the SADF, to leave the country, mm. it was never a a huge rebellion against against where I came from. It uh, my my parents supported me in my decision. They always have or they always did. They both passed away now. But they supported me in, in what I wanted to do. Um, but I, I felt strongly enough about this that, that I wasn't willing to wear the uniform. I wasn't, mm. you know, some conscientious objectors would uh, say, okay, look, I'll wear the uniform, but I won't carry a gun. Um, my elder brother had gone into the army, um, and I looked at this and I said, no, this is not for me. Um, I'm not willing to do this.
0: And, and how did that uh, conscription process work? Did you receive a notice? Uh, you know, how did it work that uh, you were informed that you now needed to go into the army? How did it work?
1: Yeah, they would send annually, they would send something to say, uh, Stephen Dyer, you are called up, you need to be at this st- uh, <laughs> this train station at a certain point, and you need to, yeah, you need Just to... Just like that? Yeah, and then... Um, I left the country, and my mother kept on writing back to them and saying, "He's outside the country," and then they would write back and say, "Please forward us with his, uh, forward, uh, please give us his forwarding address." And she'd keep quiet, and then the next year it would happen. So I never lost my passport, which was was a good thing, even though I was outside the country. Um, yeah, but, but that's what it was, is that continually being called up, continually telling them I was not in the country.
0: So when you decided, you know, you're not uh, going to honor this call-up, you are going to leave the country, mm. w- w- what were you thinking? You know, w- uh, what were you hoping would happen once you'd left? Did you know where you were going and, and what you were going to do once you got there?
1: Well, I, I, my first band was called Staple Diet. And this was when I was at university. Staple Diet. Staple Diet. <laughs> so, so Staple Diet was a like a, a group. We were playing different things, some reggae protest music. We were playing some African music. We were listening to uh, the then dollar brand, Abdullah Ibrahim. So we had mixed all this music together. And we left the country as this band called Staple Diet. There were four of us from the country. And... Um, we went to Botswana and the first day I was in Botswana, um, Brajonis Gwangwa had a party for his daughter and we went and we played at that. So I went out as a band. Um, at the time I'd heard I heard the name of, oh Brajonus Gwangwa is in, in Botswana, maybe we'd have a chance to meet him and play with him, but otherwise Kinikisaitsi mm. Dumela. I didn't know how what the greeting was in Botswana. That was how naive I was. So it was exciting. I was a young uh, guy in his early 20s. I was just going on this um, expedition out of the country, um, but not very far into Botswana.
0: And we'll talk a little bit more about that, you know, because that ANC uh, Amandla Cultural Ensemble, Mm. um, you know, a lot has been written about that. Uh, Mm. Well, maybe not as much as could be. But um, I want to get your views on that. And, uh, you know, also looking at what we have today, where we are at today, Mm. um, you know, young people, musicians, especially their consciousness and all of these issues. But as I said, Oh, the lines are open. I'm so sorry. I forgot to look at the screen because I'm looking at uh, Steve. So uh, we'll go to the lines. We'll speak to some of our listeners, but we'll continue to journey uh, through the life of Steve Dyer this morning. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. 25 minutes before 9 on the forum at 8 this morning. We're in conversation with uh, Steve Dyer. And I promised that I would take your calls. 891 Uh Peter in Isbingo, thank you so much for holding. I do apologize. Uh, uh, but thanks for holding all the same.
2: I, I understand, Sakina. You've got royalty in front of you there. That's it's, why uh, Thank
0: you. You understand you, you my got predicament. A bit carried away, but that's
2: cool.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but
2: Steve, how are you doing, sir?
1: Fine. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing great, thank Mm. you. My name is Peter Steve, and uh, Mm. I I stayed in Zimbabwe for my earlier years. Yes. And I remember watching Ammanla Cultural Ensemble at Mm. the main city wall.
1: Okay. And
2: uh, I've got memories of that. And Mm -hmm. then uh, I also remember you delving into uh, some jazz with the albums like The Southern Freeway, or was it a group, or it was the name of the album, I can't remember.
1: Uh, the, the original, my first ever album was called Southern Freeway. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then after that, we, we, I, I formed the group called Southern Freeway. So it's yeah. both an album and the name of a band. Mm. <coughs> and uh, just by the way, that Amandla Cultural Ensemble uh, show there, do you remember me delving into acting as well?
0: That's right. I remember <laughs> you being the cop.
1: I was the ah! cop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> was he any good, Peter? Yeah, he,
2: he was a good cop because he was black all these duckies <laughs> that were making it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> the country is ungovernable in that particular faith, Sakina. So.
1: <laughs> you know, I can tell you a story. Uh, we did <clears throat> the Amandla, Amandla Cultural Ensemble tour to Japan, and I remember at one time Brajones Kwangwa was sitting backstage, and I came off and he said, wow, you know, that brings back some memories. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> Not very good ones. So yeah, I, I suppose I threw myself into the role. <laughs>
2: yeah, really. one of the comments I wanted to to, to make, uh, a Steve, is, hmm. is 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 uh, you 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 go out into Africa, being Steve Dyer and hmm. uh, a South African, I've just learned that you were born in Marisbeck, which is quite near from where I am right now. Okay, And uh, uh, you are more If you talk to an average uh, Zimbabwean person Steve Dyer is in Zimbabwean
1: Yes, well that's my second home And uh, I spent About five or six years living there From 1988 To 1993 And I continually go back In fact I might be going back there next week So uh, Mm -hmm. it is home for me
2: Mm -hmm. Mm I must say I must say, uh, Sakina, uh, uh, this one is for you that we, we, uh, I think we, we are guilty as a society mm-hmm. where we are more telling negative stories than the positive. I mean, Steve, Steve Dyer, Jonas Guangua, and the whole ensemble were actually carrying the torch. I mean, there's a world debate in the country about the exile, the exile, the prisoners, uh,
0: I who I liberated to the country,
2: uh, who liberated the country. For me, The message, it was difficult for, as an example, the guys in the prison to get the message out. And it was also difficult for the guys that were in the country to get the message out. So these guys kept the torch burning, kept Mandela's name alive, kept AOC's names alive. Big up to them. Mm,
0: Indeed. Thank you so much, uh, Peter. And before I get uh, carried away even further, uh, let's hear from Andile in Port Chipson And Andile, you worked with Steve at some point.
2: Yeah
0: um
1: Andile <laughs> we worked together last week
0: <laughs> Hey Andile Uh Andile's line there's something wrong with that line Andile tell you what we're going to call you back and uh, let's try and get on You know a this is line. Andile Yanana. Nana no, I didn't the know. Pianist. All I'm seeing yeah. is Andile. I don't know which Andile this is okay. or where they're calling from. I'm oh only gosh. seeing Andile. And so Andile will call back and I'm we, sure he'll be. We were on to story. encase
1: it in last week.
0: Mm. Okay. Together. Here's someone else who worked with you. <coughs> uh, um, Alan Egner, who says, uh, you have a man of musical integrity, but he refused to write a hit with me. W- why did you deny Alan that privilege?
1: Well, you know, hit, uh, creating a hit is like is gambling. You know, if you go out trying to create a hit, you probably never will do it. It just can come if it if it wants to. And uh, I'm waiting for Alan's either melody or or, uh, <laughs> or words, and we can take it from there. But so you're saying Alan's
0: putting too much pressure on you?
1: No, there's no pressure. Alan is a great friend from Botswana who supported me often, uh I used to stay at his place when I was in Botswana, and uh, he's a dear friend. So uh, let's make the hit. Uh, it's never too late. Harry. And
0: we'll be waiting. We'll <laughs> be the first to play it. Um, Andile Yanana is back. Good morning, Andile. Good
2: morning. Good Hi. Yes,
1: hi. Hi, Andile.
0: Yep. Yes, yes,
2: yes, yes, Steve. How are you doing, bro?
1: Well, and you?
2: Okay. No, I'm fine,
1: man. Mm, yeah. mm. Yeah.
2: So no. what
0: do you know about Steve that we don't know, Andil?
2: Steve can party hard. <laughs> he can really, really party hard. I don't. I don't what wanna, does that
0: mean? Oh, party oh, hard. What oh, does that mean? Well,
2: issues that really, um, and, you know, made me feel welcome in, 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 in my own skin, and 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 also being a South African musician. The music that we played and how we reached out to the people. I mean, we used to make people dance all over. (laughs) Uh, My first trip to Zimbabwe, I mean, I was playing at some nice clubs over there, hotels, and we had great people come to our gigs. And I was young. I mean, my first passport, I got it, you know, through him to get out of the country. It was the first time, and then I was playing in in Botswana. We used to play, like, nice clubs, and we, we had fun.
0: You still haven't told me what hard partying it does. <laughs> Look, come on, well, Anile, Anile, man, tell us.
2: Well, I mean, we made good music long <laughs> before the DJs came into the picture. We were the people. I mean, we had fun. We, we you know, we played music. We had after the gigs, we had fun with people. We, had, you know.
1: Look, Andile, I, I think I, I think you're a little shy because you are he one of a, very the hardest party. <laughs> Party people, I know. But look, I think when you go on stage, you, you have this adrenaline build-up. And afterwards, you need to release it by you know, having some fun. Uh, you remember, I mean, just a week ago, Andile, we were uh, partying after the show at the Rainbow. What is it? On Sunday, where the music didn't stop and, and we carried on. And I must just say yeah. that, <clears throat> that, that Andile Yanana is, is, has been a beacon for so many pianists in this country um, and he says he was young because I went back in 93 and met him in Durban but for, from the first time I heard him playing I could hear that there was something so special and he's really, he's really influenced this whole generation of young pianists in this country so uh, throughout the, par- the parting bar um, you've, <laughs> you've really contributed and you continue to do so.
0: And that's a story that we also have to pick up on uh, at some stage. Thanks for calling there, Andile. And um, you know, talking about Zimbabwe, Patrick uh, Musarura says, uh, "Good musician you have there," and uh, he says, "You spiced up Tuku music." So uh, you've collaborated with a lot of people over the years.
1: Um, well, I produced six albums for for Oliver Tuguzi, and yeah, I think we first got together in the collaboration called Mahube. And that was when I came back into this country from, from living in, in Zimbabwe. And I found that, wow, there's no music from the rest of Africa or very little being played on the air. I come from this uh, country where I have real relationships with musicians. What about getting a southern African group together? And that's how Mahube was born. That's how Bra Oliver um, got introduced to South African audiences. And from there, from, from the Mahube project, we recorded the Tugu Music uh, album that had some hits like uh, Todi mm, and That and, was big. Yeah, that was. And so we, we, we stay in contact and uh, he's done amazing things.
0: Konzi says, my challenge to Steve is to please do a collaboration with uh, Puse Kemisi. Is that something that uh, you, you, you would do? Uh, have you worked with him at any point?
1: I've never, but uh, it would be really intriguing and I'm open for the idea. Does he know him? If he can put us in touch, let's, let's see what we can do.
0: So, so, so there you go, Konzi. If, if, if let's, you know, let's, then, yeah, um, let's
1: make an imbizo. Yeah, Steve
0: <laughs> is open to the idea. Yep. Uh, Yongama yeah. says, "I am fascinated by Steve and was fascinated 15 years ago um, when I uh, first got in touch with his music." Can you close the show with his song, Umkumbane? Um
1: okay, Umkumbane. So, mm. Yeah,
0: so uh, that's from. Uh, Yongama. So Yongama, we'll we'll put it there. We have a few CDs. We'll see what we can do for you. No promises at this point because, uh, you know, people are looking at me funny. But, you know, earlier I spoke to I hope I'm not
1: looking at you funny.
0: No, it's uh, (coughs) people who uh, want (laughs) their own things done and played. So we we will pretend they don't exist for the moment.
1: (laughs) Okay, cool.
0: But uh, mm-hmm. your son, your son is also doing very well. Uh, he seems mm-hmm. to have, you know, inherited that musical gene from you.
1: Yes, he is. Bokhani is is a great young pianist and a great uh, exponent of the, of the young the young lions that are coming up. Um, as as a parent, um, the the music is great, and we collaborate. And when we when we play together, it's no longer father and son. Um, However, maybe the most, the most pleasure I take is, is from seeing a young, fully rounded human being with the qualities of Ubuntu that, that I hope I've had a hand in bringing him up to be. And so, yeah, he's one of my three kids and all of them, you know, this is one of the greatest challenges is parenthood and to see him just coming and, and being free, being free to express what he wants to do. This is, you know, when I hear him playing, it's a, it's an indication of of the freedom that we fought for.
0: But you know, parenting is hard.
1: Very. You know, and
0: and and most people, we we've had uh, topics and discussions here about the pitfalls, you know, and 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 just this minefield that is parenting. What would your advice be to parents? You know, because everybody, I think, as a parent, would want to ultimately be faced with this well-rounded human being as mm. you say but mm. it's not easy because today especially given the uh, uh, the landscape that we operate in kids are just not the same as they were 30 years ago
1: look i think that um how we how we educate our children is how we should live our lives so yes it is hard but at the same time it's easy if Like I work on the philosophy that our most positive, powerful, and unifying life force is that we are all human. So if you can teach your children that whatever the class of the person standing in front of them is, however young or old, whatever their background and whatever their social status and position, if you reduce the arrogance that is so pervasive in society and you look on that person as a human being, then... So many of the other problems that we have in our society fade away.
0: Mm. And then and, and speaking of arrogance, you know, um, if you look at music, for example, and the entertainment industry as a whole, mm. and you look at youngsters and um, the, the the arrogance, the money that they flaunt and then the bling, and, and, and the bling mm. What's your take on that? You know, if you look at people like Andile, for example, you know, people who work hard at their craft. And I'm not not saying um, the bling generation don't. But there just seems to be a very different attitude when you look at the one compared to the other.
1: Well, who do we blame? Do we blame the kids or do we blame the parents? Because what have we offered them? What alternative have we offered kids to the bling?
0: So you're saying we didn't offer them an alternative? We,
1: we didn't. Through our media, through uh, the communication, through our historical teaching, we did not offer them enough. Because if you look at this whole media industry with millions and billions behind it, obviously the 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 quality in terms of production, uh, the the camera angles, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, you know, it, it they can tell. They can tell what's quality, and th- but through that quality, they're being taught bling. They're being taught the consumerist culture, and we haven't, for t- to my way of thinking, we haven't offered them an alternative with sufficient backing to recognize that, listen, that's from there. What are we bringing to the world from here? There's not been sufficient uh, consideration for that.
0: And also, you know, one of the other things that uh, for me is very depressing is, when you find artists dying poor, you know, well-known artists. You you think of someone like uh, oh, Matlatini, hmm. and, and 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 he dies a pauper. Yet you know he's a household name.
1: Well, look, I think that you know one one has to look at artists, and and sometimes there's a tendency from for an artist to to claim to be a victim so often. I know that Matlatini. I don't know his personal circumstance, but I know that he used to. Love to dress in the finest I, I know that he 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 used to like nice things, so i don 't know how much of of the money that he earned he squandered uh, on that lifestyle i don 't know how much was was systematic um, uh, marginalization and and not giving him his due i can 't comment, mm. but I do know that we we need also a check to to say as musicians, look, this is an industry we 've also got to take care. Of of what we do, it cannot just be that we, we have a nice time, party hard, and then claim uh, to be victims at the end of the of of, of this. So
0: and, and, and when you see um, international artists, you know uh, what some would refer to as you know old washed out international acts mm. coming to mm. South Africa mm. and getting paid quite a packet mm. to do uh, to come and perform here. Yeah, how does that make you feel?
1: Well, look, I think that the the live music scene is improving now. Uh, I, I've never been one to think that, that music should be about these huge festivals with massive budgets. And I think that within uh, the departments like Arts and Culture and the NAC and clubs that are coming up, it's becoming more egalitarian where you're getting and, and there's a mobility fund uh, through SAMRO that is helping musicians to go on tours and that so you know before in in the genre that i'm in it used to be the cape town international jazz festival in cape town Mm -hmm. or else the joy of jazz in Joburg. but now there's much more of a culture of of bands playing in smaller venues and i think that's what's going to build our music not the huge budget Huge wastage in one day You get rid of so so much money And and, and really what's The development uh, benefit At the end of the day
0: And just talking about that pumpkin song uh, Temba and Rustenburg uh, Goes on to give the name and he says The meaning come and experience The sweetness of the pumpkins And Mvuso Mbelekane says I'm sure all you guys out there Know which pumpkin Steve Dyer Is singing about Except for me Unlike SK, but I don't blame her. Great music. I still don't know what these pumpkins, I'm thinking pumpkins, edible pumpkins that grow. What what pumpkins are these?
1: Um, you must speak to your listeners.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I really, I must speak to you because Steve says he is talking about the same pumpkins that I am thinking of. So Mvuzo, you and Temba, you must explain yourself and these pumpkins. I still don't get it. Stan KZN says, I always respect most jazz musicians uh, for being so mature. They are soft-spoken. I um, listened also to Jonas Gwangwa, Brahu, uh, Zama Jobe. They all speak softly. Well, mm-hmm. I haven't really noted that, but I shall make mm-hmm. a point of doing so henceforth. And then uh, Comrade Lerato Macete says, Hello, Comrade Steve. It's good to hear from you after a long time, and I'm happy that you are good. Continue to be the best in your music journey. And mm-hmm. uh, we're going to hear now from Pam, who's calling us from Kloof in Durban. Good morning, uh, Pam. Hello, Pam. Hi
2: there.
1: Hi, Pam.
0: Yes, I can't, I switched
2: on my radio this morning and it was so nice to hear you on the radio, Steve. Oh,
1: thanks. Thanks so much. Mm. I was
2: with Steve and Andine on Sunday at the Rainbow. It was a fantastic concert and I wish I could have stayed around and partied with you afterwards. It must have been fun. <laughs> yeah. And no but it really, why I phoned was I didn't tell you when we said goodbye because it was quite a rush that mm. your hymn for my father was mm. one of the most beautiful tunes I've ever heard. It made the hair on my arm (sighs) stand up. And that—if I know it's not recorded. When you Mm. do record it, please let us know because it was truly beautiful.
1: I certainly will. Thanks so much Pam. And it's lovely
0: to know a person like you. Thank you Sakina. Mm. Thank Thank you you. for calling Pam. Um, Can you sing a little of that for us?
1: I'll play it for you It's an instrumental um, My father passed away on November 21st, 2012 Mm -hmm. So this is a hymn for my father
0: Oh, Pam is Um, your sister?
1: No, Pam is a friend Oh,
0: I just thought, okay, Mm -hmm. I I missed that completely
1: No, so um, what I will do, it's a promise As soon as I record it, um, uh, you'll be one of the first to get a copy Please Um, It seems to have touched
2: quite a few people
0: All right. Uh, Dinga is in Kensington. Good morning, Dinga.
2: Hi, hi, Sakina. Good, and you? And all right, uh, hi to to Steve. Uh, I just just said, uh, you know, I've had an opportunity to interview Steve and also to watch him play. And uh, one thing that he didn't say is that he's one of the few musicians who attend other musicians' gigs, um, which is very rare. Mm-hmm. So you see him, him hanging around the places like Niki's or Orbit, even if he's not playing. Mm-hmm. Which, as I say, is very rare, and uh, it shows uh, what's in him uh, in mm-hmm. terms of uh, music. And I just wanted to know uh, what is it uh, like to now begin to play with his son Bogani, and okay. uh, how that has uh, uh, somehow shaped uh, what he does.
1: Thank
0: yeah. you so much, Dinga.
1: Yeah, Dingo, what I can say is that we're we all in this journey together, not just in music but in life. Uh, so, you know, I have my views and they get put uh, across in, in music and I also want to hear what other people's points of view are. I think the way you grow is to listen to other people and learn from them. As far as playing with Bokani, um, you know, what, what makes me happy is that he's developed his own voice, so uh, it's, it's a different direction. It has similarities to mine. But he's very f- definitely on his own journey. And, and that, would, that, that makes me happy is that he's not trying to follow in daddy's footsteps. Mm. He's his own person on his own life journey. And that makes me very fulfilled as a father.
0: Mungero says, that man makes me very proud to be a South African. Even outside the country, I play his music with pride. And uh, of course, Emmanuel Matebula says, um, your music resounds to my soul, even in my deepest sleep.
1: Wow, that's yeah,
0: yeah, that's huge praise. <laughs> but 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 there is something something uh, very uh, you know calming about your music. It, it's just very soothing, and, and and it perhaps speaks to the point that Stair was making about just that softness that comes across.
1: Mm. Well, look, I think that life is about yin and yang. So if you're too soft, then it's. Uh, it's not good as well. There has to be an edge somewhere. So I do find that sometimes, yes, generally I'm soft and at peace, but there are times where you also have to project an edge. Um, so, Like when it
0: comes to chiefs and pirates.
1: <laughs> I stay out of that. I hear you guys, very partisan. Uh, I'll watch if it's a good game. That's great.
0: You don't support either one? No,
1: I'm not saying anything. Amazulu? <laughs> I'm, no, no. Uh, Sundowns? <coughs> You know what? With, with, with soccer, there's always choose us one. and yeah, uh, us yes. and them. For it's me in the world, only there's, only, there's only us.
0: No, Steve. <laughs> that's such a cop-out. Like, no. honestly. No.
1: Choose one. Choose what? Is there,
0: is there a team in Gerardsville?
1: Uh, no, there's not. <laughs> oh, That's where I come from, Gerardsville. Maybe we'll make one. I'll support them. No. But I support Bafana when they play.
0: Wow, That's how diplomatic can one no. be? No That is so diplomatic I'm very disappointed oh,
1: It all went well that. until that moment Oh, you're a die-hard fan <laughs> of which team?
0: Uh, take a guess No Take a guess
1: Kaiser Chiefs
0: Is uh, it that obvious?
1: Oh, there you go <laughs> Let's
0: see. Okay,
1: I support Orlando Pirates tomorrow Or, yeah, on yeah, okay
0: I Look at you suddenly now. Suddenly the music sounds great in the background. Can I think you see we need to mute this man. Um, <laughs> his taste in football teams is really suspect. But uh, it's been great chatting to you this morning, Steve Dyer. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming through. And will you be at the Cape Town Jazz?
1: Uh, no, I won't be. Uh, I should be at the Joy of Jazz later this year mm-hmm. in Johannesburg. Not, not this year for Cape Town.
0: All right, so that's where you will be able to see. But, but in the meantime, before that?
1: Yeah, I'll be playing out and about.
0: Out and about. So sure.